Welcome everyone to episode 18 of the Jack Vegan Podcast. Today we're going to talk about protein and that is one of the most popular topics amongst the vegans because there is so much confusion out there about how much protein do we need to be healthy and to accomplish our fitness goals. So we want to dive deep into this topic and give you very, very specific recommendations depending on what you want to achieve with your health and your fitness. And as always, we have Josh Thompson, the man without a hat today. He's not wearing a hat today in the basement, people, because it's not sunny in his basement today. What's up, Josh? Wow, for people that have no context there, they're just going to be so confused. Yeah, we got to... True. If you're a first-time listener, Josh always comes to this podcast, and we do a video podcast, and he's wearing a hat a lot of times, so and he's in his basement. So I always give him a hard time because, obviously, there's nothing to... There's no sun to protect himself from with the hat. Yeah, I just like it for style, but I'm not wearing a hat anymore because I, I've been going to... Oops, I've been going to the lake pretty frequently and I can't wear a hat while I'm wakeboarding, which I'm the best wakeboarder in Northern America, by the way. He says he's wakeboarding. I haven't seen a, he's, he's been doing it for a month and haven't seen a picture or a video. So until I see it, I don't believe it. <laughs> I'm going to learn to do a backflip in August. There you go. He's now doing it back to the people. Uh, <laughs> and nobody's going to have it recorded, by the way. So it's going to be telling you. <laughs> we need a recording. We need a recording. If you, if you send me a recording, I'll post it in my Instagram stories of you doing a backflip. But it has really? to be before. What, what, the set a date, though. A date. What's the date, deadline for that? Oh, I don't know. I'll look up what the average. Let's do like end oh, of August. I'll look up the average. I, I got to beat the average by a long. So end of August. Oh, my God. You and your averages and statistics as always. Come on, just come up with a date now. All right, end of August. Okay, end of August. All right, let's just talk how about protein. You, how long did it take you to do a backflip? Or, or can you? I, I cannot do a backflip. I can uh, do it with the, with the kiteboard, but I've only wakeboarded like, I don't know, a couple times. Not that much. Okay, end of August. Anyway, protein, sorry. <laughs> talk about, let's talk about protein. So uh, let's start with uh, just a, a brief overview of why protein is so important for health and for fitness. Yeah, okay. And also... The name of the company that we run is called Jacked Vegans. Our whole perspective is to get you shredded, right? It's to get you as ripped as possible to optimize body composition. So the specific protein recommendations that we usually adhere to are ones that are going to optimize muscle retention. They're going to optimize hypertrophy. They're going to make sure that your training and the gym is really appropriate. And they're going to make sure you're adapting really well to your resistance training exercises, so the protein that we prescribe is not usually meant for general population. It's not usually meant for endurance athletes. It's meant for people that are weightlifting and they want to improve their performance in the gym. And that's really important because a lot of times we'll say like 0.8 to 1.1 grams of protein per pound of body weight. And we'll just get a plethora of responses. Oh, that's not true. You don't need that much protein, whatever. And I, but the, most of the people that have those responses got that. I know jacks. Do what? Yeah. Not I only know jacks. Yeah, I know. Anecdotally, it's like that doesn't make a lot of sense because they don't have a lot of muscle. But set aside that, they got their data many times from a study regarding general population people and just general health or endurance athletes that don't need quite as much protein. So those are kind of the three categories. General population, you don't really care about resistance training. You're not interested in putting on a lot of muscle. You really just want to live kind of a healthy life and, uh, you know, pretty sedentary, whatever. And then there's endurance athletes that want to focus on getting X amount of miles every week. 
And then there's people that are focused on either powerlifting, crossfitting, or optimizing body composition. And that's kind of the side that Julian and I adhere to when it comes to diet. So basically, we want to make you look freaking sexy with low body fat, with muscles. So if you want to do that, follow our recommendations. If you just want to be healthy, we'll tell you what to do. But this is probably not the best place for you. All right, let's start with uh, general population. Um, first, why do they need protein? Because a lot of people tell me like, hey, I don't care about weightlifting. I, why should I even eat protein? And how much do they actually need to stay healthy? Yeah, I mean, protein does a lot of things in your body other than just build muscles. It helps with the transportation of um, certain hormones. It helps with just maintaining muscular structure in general, which even if you're not trying to get really muscle muscular, you still use your muscles every day. You know, even if you're sitting there playing video games, you still use the muscles in your hands and um, to, you know, move the sticks or whatever. If you're on a keyboard mouse, then you move the, the mouse and the keyboard. Um, so muscle is still important because it helps maintain bone health. Um, it helps with certain contractions of things. If you have a decent amount of lean muscle, uh, lean body mass, then um, you're going to live a healthier lifestyle. So my, my first thing to address with people that, um, don't care about lifting weights. I, the first thing I'd want to talk about is the advantageous side of lifting weights. That's a greater priority than how much protein you're consuming. Even if you don't want to lift weights, you don't care about body composition. If you care about health at all, lifting weights is one of the best things you could be doing for general health. So that's the kind of the first step that I would take. Uh, but just in respect to the protein side of things, usually between 0.4 to 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight is just going to be sufficient for general health and respect per kilogram or per pound per kilogram okay oh wow that's very low i didn't even know yeah it is pretty low it ends up being like 30 percent of your total calorie intake if you're just at maintenance calories for most people how could you even live like that i've never had that low i know it, it, i mean it's really easy to get that amount but but that doesn't do anything for you. You're never going to build. You're never going to get better. You're never going to, uh, you're just always going to be relatively similar health conditions if you're not trying to track your protein, but just from a maintenance, not lifting weights, not active, really sedentary perspective, you know, you could get by with that little amount of protein. And I think it's important to say that we do not advocate for that because we think that everyone should be doing some sort of resistance training. Even if you don't like going to the gym, you should be doing something that's going to stimulate your muscles because it's just going to keep you healthy. And the older you get, the more important it becomes to have some muscle to support yourself. Uh, the stronger exactly bones you have. Right. So you don't want to fall down at 75 years old and break your hips. And then it's just downhill from that. And if you want to avoid that from happening, having some muscles will decrease the chances. Yeah. Resistance training is not just a vain pursuit of body composition. That's not the encompassing, um, diagram of what resistance training includes it it does a lot of preventative things to advocate for overall longevity maybe our next podcast will talk about why you should be resistance training now yeah, but let's let's talk a little bit about it i mean that's fine we're, we're ready here and you're talking about it so for sure uh, there there are many advantageous side effects for instance um it, it increases bone density which for osteoporosis and different arthritis measures is going to be really valuable. It makes sure your joints are running smoothly. It's preventative because all the small muscles that um, have micro tears over the course of the years that eventually leads to a big tear in one of your muscles, or um, maybe you dislocate your shoulder or something, all of those are going to continue to strengthen over time. 
as you resistance train so that you're much less likely to tear a muscle in the future or to pull a muscle or whatever. Um, it's going to increase your balance. And so as you get into your older years and you start to get 50, 60, 70 years old, if you're not constantly using your muscles, not only are you significantly more likely to pull or tear a muscle, but you're much more likely to fall and to get more clumsy and to drop whatever you're holding because you're not used to contracting those muscles. And so the neurons at the end of your neuromuscular junction, because they're not excited, because they're not firing very frequently, you're going to have significantly less control over those motor units. And so if you want the most control of your motor units when you're older, then constantly taxing your central nervous system is a great way to make sure you maintain balance, to make sure you're not clumsy, to make sure you're not falling, etc. And then there's all kinds of physiological benefits like decreased blood pressure, um, enhanced uh, stroke volume of your heart, uh, decreased psychological stress. There's all kinds of just acute effects that take place once you start resistance training as well. So can you say that it just improves uh, quality of Everything. life in general? Yep. Exactly. Of life. All right. So that's, that's general population. So as you can see, you don't need that much protein. Um, if you're, if you're not lifting, then the thing we should, you should question yourself why you're not doing it. And again, get some sort of resistance training program going. It's going to be really good for you. Let's right. talk about people that are into, uh, um, aerobic activity, like, uh, what's it called? Endurance. Endurance athletes. It just slipped my mind. All right. Endurance right. athletes. Yeah. Which is a lot of respect for endurance athletes. And honestly, I'm not going to discourage people from doing endurance. If you are doing endurance, uh, just as like a, your main training platform, then I would encourage a couple times a week of resistance training, in which case your protein can be a lot higher than the recommended for endurance, because this isn't included with people who are also resistance training, uh, usually between 1.2 to 1.4 grams per kilogram so again on the lower end for endurance athletes but in my opinion that should be a little bit higher that's just the general recommendation because endurance athletes in order to improve their running performance should be in the gym lifting weights as well so what are your what do you think the recommendation should be um i think closer to 1.8 to 2.2 grams per kilogram is a significantly better recommendation okay okay but awesome. it, it with the caveat that they're training, right? Like, let's say you have, you want to get X amount, let's say you want 40 miles in one week or whatever, you should still be hitting the gym a couple of times a week with mainly power training. Because if you're doing squats for reps of one or two, ultimately, that's going to increase your stride distance for all of your steps, because your legs are going to be stronger than they were initially. So maybe your stride length was I don't know what the average stride length is for runners. Let's just say it's 96 inches, right? Your stride length is 96 inches. Maybe after resistance training for a while, your stride length is now 97 or 98 inches. So over the course of time, over the course of a five mile run, how much distance do you save from the same amount of work? Cause you're still doing the same amount of work per stride. You're able to get farther. You're able to uh, perform a more efficient, you know, mile time or whatever. Got it. And, and training like that requires very, very detailed and smart periodization um, sure. because you're going to be running a lot. You're going to be putting your body into a lot of stress. So you want to make sure you know what you're doing in the gym. Otherwise, right. you're going to end up overtraining and burnt out and your performance will be increasing instead of increasing. So let's review the, the recommendations for them. You said uh, let's use 1.4 to 2.1 grams per kilogram. Is that 
the first, the general recommendation is 1.2 to 1.4 grams per kilogram, but I think 1.8 to 2.2 grams per kilogram is a better proxy. Got it. Okay. So that those are endurance athletes. And now let's talk about the people we specialize in, which are people that are into weightlifting. They want to improve body composition and they just want to grow muscles and decrease body fat. Right. And that's broken down into two different categories. There are very serious um, athletes who are competing for bodybuilding show, who um, are, are maybe a pro physique competitor, you know, peaking for a CrossFit competition, peaking for powerlifting competition. And then there are people who maybe are newer to the gym or have been training relatively consistently for five or six years or something. So I'm going to do the first category, which is more of a novice slash novice beginner and intermediate. Uh, people who aren't necessarily competing in the gym, but they still care about their body composition. And that can be anywhere between 0.8 to 1.1 grams per pound of body weight. And that much depends on how lean you are. Um, if you are relatively, or if you're a male and you are under 10% body fat, then you'll need about one to 1.1 grams of protein per pound uh, between 10 to 14 or 11 to 14%, you'll need about 0.9 grams of protein per pound. And then greater than 15%, 0.8 grams of protein per pound. And then as a female, you could just add 10% to all the numbers I said, and that's how much protein you'll need per pound of body weight. Yeah. So I think to keep it simple for most people, and I think we, we mentioned this a couple of times, if you're somewhere between 0.8 to one grams per pound, you're going to be doing just fine. Right. And just, that's it. You don't need to worry about protein exactly. once you hit that number. All right, so that's yeah, if, you want, uh, if you want specifics, then then come to us, and we literally there's so much thought that gets put into how many macronutrients you're consuming and what your training looks like and how many calories you are, how many carbs, how many fats, how many steps, whatever. That if you want really specific details, that's what we do for people. Yeah, exactly. All right, so that, those are novice, beginners, and intermediates. Now let's talk about advanced. Do they need more protein. What's the deal with advanced lifters? Right. And then I would consider advanced somebody who's been training for at least eight years. All their techniques are mastered. They're, periodiz they're periodizing. They're training really well. Because even some people that have been training for over eight years, they would still be considered a beginner or an intermediate if they joined our program and their technique was terrible and they had to kind of refix everything. So an advanced trainee is somebody who's been training for over eight years, has mastered all of their techniques, um, has got it accredited by somebody maybe with their CSCS or something, and they're looking good. Now, that being said, even them, it breaks down into farther categories of are you in a hypercaloric diet? Are you in a hypocaloric diet? Are you in a maintenance phase? What are you trying to accomplish? When's your next competition, et cetera? I mean, the, the recommendation, according to the Helm study you pointed out earlier, is anywhere between 2.3 to 3.1 grams per kilogram of body weight. And much of that depends on how much of a deficit you are in, um, when your next show is, how much muscle are you trying to preserve with the amount of calories that you have. And so that is very specific. And I'm almost uncomfortable giving an exact recommendation because it is the variables are so high. Yeah, it can vary on, on the specific phase that you're in. And just to give a, a couple of, of indi indicators for people, I think when you're in a caloric deficit, you'll generally need more protein than when you're in maintenance phases or, or you're in a caloric surplus, just because the, 
when you're in a caloric surplus, you have a lot of, a lot of macronutrients entering your body and the chances of muscle loss are very, very low. On the right. other hand, when you're in a caloric deficit, you're literally burning tissue. You're, you're breaking down tissue to, um, as energy. And yeah, if you're and not fitting you... enough, what's that? Go ahead. Now I'll say if you don't, if you're not eating sufficient protein, then your body can start using muscle because muscle is tissue as energy. And that's what we want to avoid when we're in a caloric deficit muscle loss. Right. And that's the kind of two different paradigms of your metabolism. You're either in an anabolic metabolic state or you're in a catabolic. And so if you're consuming all of these macronutrients in a calorie, in a maintenance phase or in a calorie surplus, then you're just consistently building, whether it be fat or muscle tissue, you're not really struggling with where the energy is coming from. But the greater you get into a catabolic phase, which means that your calories just keep dropping lower and lower and lower, then energy is just coming from all the tissue in your body in order to preserve your muscle tissue from being taken from a really high amount of protein is going to really help preserve, you know, whatever muscle tissue is being accrued. Okay. I think we've given very, very specific recommendations. Um, so you probably, you probably know you fall into one of the three categories we talked about. So now you know how much protein you need to be eating that. Anything you want to, you want to add to the, to the podcast, Josh? No, I hope this was helpful for people. Yeah, if you have any questions, comments, just feel free to send us an email or an Instagram message. What's your email, Josh? Josh at jackedvegans.com. Spam him all the way. Send him all the emails you can. Yeah, send me, send me some memes and uh, some good jokes that I can tell <laughs> at the dinner parties I go to. Exactly. <laughs> all, right. all right, people. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you want our help with your fitness goals, you can go to jackbeacancall.com and fill out a quick questionnaire. Tell us about your goals and tell us about your struggles. And we'll see if we can help you with your goals and with everything else. That's it for today. And thank you for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode. All right. Later, guys.